How much of your decision to pursue that was an insurance plan in case Valor failed? Probably 45%. That was pretty high. Hello and happy holidays from the Valor Coffee podcast. If it's your first time, we're very glad you're here. Today's episode is a la the format that we used to go. You know, we had a topic set out, but then we just started chopping it up on some stuff that we've been thinking about lately. And I think that's really where some of our best content comes out. We weren't even really trying to make content. Just drawing from that history and the experiences we've had running this company, I think is really rich, which reminds me me of the sponsor for this podcast, which is the Valor Wholesale Program. Instead of telling you, our listeners, why you might like the Valor Wholesale Program, I will tell you why I love helping run the Valor Wholesale Program. When I think about our wholesale relationships, I don't necessarily think about the transactions. I don't necessarily think about the numbers. What I do think about is the people that are running these cafes that we partner with. Partner with a lot of different businesses, but specifically with cafes, you know, people in the coffee industry. I absolutely love having the opportunity to talk with other coffee leaders in the industry. And that's one of the reasons we started this podcast is to make the coffee industry smaller, as it were, to connect more with people so that everybody's not on their own islands. Because a lot of the people that we work with in our wholesale relationships are in the same situation we're in. They're either business owners, they're GMs, people that we really relate with and see eye to eye with in a lot of ways. Which is why when we pursue wholesale relationships, we want to really make sure we're of like mind. We're trying to accomplish this the same things in the industry and in our communities. So if any of that sounds good to you, to have a shoulder to cry on, to have another set of eyes to look at one of your situations with your employees, whatever it is, our relationship and our wholesale program goes far beyond just selling you coffee. It is another trusted confidant and resource for you as you're trying to make your way through being a leader in the coffee industry. So if any of that sounds interesting to you, hit up wholesale at valor.coffee and let's start a conversation about what working together might look like. As for this show, we would really appreciate if you subscribe, if you haven't subscribed already. As we said later in the podcast, a lot of you listen to the program or you watch the program, but you're not subscribed. And it really helps us if you do hit the subscribe button. I know you hear everybody on YouTube say that, but they say it for a reason. Subscribe, rate, review, View on whatever podcast platform you like. And without further ado, let's get to this show. I found some really funny things about Valor on Reddit that were all positive. It was funny. But I found that post that Chase sent you. Mm-hmm. And uh, he, <laughs> uh, all the comments, it's funny, all the comments about it were people relating to that reel that you made. What reel was that? The one where you said, the thing about coffee (laughs) (laughs) is... I'll say this about that. (laughs) uh, Most people that get into the coffee industry aren't people people. They're coffee people. Mm -hmm. And that most of the time you're dealing with guests rather than just making a pour over. And a lot of people don't know they're getting themselves into that. And then everyone there was like... One of the comments was like, F this guy for... uh, like calling me out so directly. <laughs> and it was funny. Dude, but, you ate. <laughs> yeah, dude, you were cooking. I was like, I'm about to make a reel right now. Really? <laughs> no. no. I know that you think that sometimes. Sometimes I do. Someone was like, I never see you on the Instagram stuff. I was like, I don't think the things I... <laughs> the, way hey, I the way I say come stuff on. is not... It's not... You're on there. I look. I don't. A. I don't know that. 
So how do I know? Maybe the algorithm B just doesn't sees like you. your face, and they're like, "We like this." It's face for radio. <laughs> <laughs> you don't hear that every day. Come on, prove me wrong, baby. Yeah, I gotta prove, prove you wrong here. Let's see how many thumbnails here. I, I will say it's not as many. That look, I'm not trying to get fame here. But look, look at your no. You have a good you have a good market share right there. I see a lot of red hat. We're talking big T. Yeah, there's like three out of. 15, I'll take it. I mean, and in this section, we had four total people between the oh, three of us Will and Will. And, yeah. and there's Sam, too. Check that so out. So you're doing pretty good, Ethan. Good job. What was your favorite part of the Will, the Will cast? Dude, when you asked the question, do people ever talk about the old methodical? Mm. Cut me to the heart, man. <laughs> I was weeping over there. <laughs> Is that <laughs> why you weren't talking? <laughs> Dude, it was just such a good question, and it really seemed to get him to like maybe say talk about something that wouldn't be like a classic interview moment, mm-hmm. you know. But touching a really core thing for like someone who has started something and watched it evolve, watch it change, and then watch people be like, oh, "I liked it then," or like, "Now I like it like this." Yeah, it's hard. Did you go to Methodical, Ethan, when it was early on? Like, when, have you been up to Greenville and seen it? Uh, I can't think about the first. I, I think I went with you guys the first time, so it had to have been closer to, like, 2017, late 2016. Yeah. Was um, Will behind the bar? I think he was just there. So. Yeah. Because he – there was this one time I went up there because I was working up there, and – Flex. Uh, and he was behind the bar with the other two owners. <laughs> and um, the owners. I forget what was going on. Should have You should have told that story. I think it was during, like, in the midst of COVID, right? Like, everyone yeah, was sick or something. Something was happening yeah. that was, like, a little bit more widespread. And I think that we had done something similar, like, the <clears throat> previous week. Right, or yeah. <laughs> I was like, dude, why are you behind the bar? <laughs> and, like, one of the other owners, I think, like, he almost never works behind the bar. And he was like, kind of like, I could tell he had it work behind the bar a lot because he was like, hey, can you make this? Or like, hey, like, help me out here. Um, and it was just a really funny moment of like, oh, you too? Okay, yeah. At our cafe, we have like three people running on a Saturday. Oh my gosh. It's funny. Man. And there, we're dealing with it right now. People falling left and right. Oh, dude, Yeah. It's, uh, we're in the human business. That's right. Human being. Winter. We gotta we gotta stock up on those vitamin C gummies in the back. Come on, man. <laughs> Tamiflu's coming for us. Elderberry is it elderberry? Yeah. 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 You really think that stuff works though? There's no way. It's a mind game. I think it works. We need up, a placebo I trial. Works up top. <laughs> <laughs> we just start we just get the bag and we just put like gummies sugary like gummies in there. Yeah. It's a good yeah. Idea. Maybe it's just kind of like a it strengthens the mind, which then strengthens your body. All right, new new business idea: gusher vitamin gushers. Whoa, they have to exist. No, they don't. Okay, you guys ever think they that will. people like read into our podcast and are like our energy levels like right out of the gate, and they're like, I wonder if they're fighting. <laughs> I, I I've thought that before <laughs> about other podcasts. Like something seems a little tense right now. Yeah, I don't. I'm think, not saying I feel that way right now. I'm just I was like, whoa. I feel like discussion. I feel like, like we haven't morning. had. I feel like we haven't had true tension in like years, actually. 
Mm. It's been very like, I think we, we're just pretty good okay. at like debating and hey, disagreeing. Cut the crap. I destroyed Riley in fantasy football this weekend, and that's yeah. what's going on. And I understand if you're mad, but my team's just on fleek right now. I had two zeros. Two zeros. Hey, Brian Robinson got hurt too, okay? Yeah, but he had five points. Five. I had two zeros. Tank Dell and... Tank Dell went down season-ending injury uh, on a run tough. block. Interior uh, run block. A lot of injuries He's 160 pounds. Why is he throwing an interior run block? He's a decoy. It's stupid. What was your other zero? Uh, Self-inflicted? No, it was tight end, Tampa Bay tight end. K. Dotton, baby. Yeah. Oops. Put up a big goose egg. Anyways, that's what's going on, guys. We just want to pull back the curtain. I've got to win this week, or I think I'm not going to make the playoffs. Who are you playing? I, it went from one seed to I need to win, and I need Joseph to lose. We can't dwell on this topic too long. I'm playing Joseph, so sorry. Yeah, I need I'm you have to have my way. I need you to win. I got to clinch the one seed, yo. Anyways, hey, how about this coffee? Oh, my gosh. Shout out to JP for sending this bag our way. JP by way of Paul Judy. Well, uh, JP by way of PJ. I was like, yeah, that's PJ, right. JP. Do you want to just, you, wanna, you just want to start with this? Do you want to mix it up? Mm. <laughs> no, no, you're like, oh, no. I don't. That's fine. That's fine. Tension. Yeah, there's hey, some tension. You just got to, I'm just heading straight on, and that is okay. Black and white roasters. Black and white roasters. They're uh, resident two fancy. Q- two QR codes. No way. Major flex. We can get into this later, y'all, but I mean, come on. Black label. It's kind of like our black box, but they put how many ounces in there? Six. Six, and we put 10. Is it really six in there? You know what? I don't know if that bag was open, but I just got 60 grams out. Yeah. So I like the lower quantity for something more expensive. Like two ounces. The QR codes took me to different copies. Mm. Anyways, we'll talk about that later. We'll talk about that later. Oh. But anyways, uh, what do we have going on here? In Valorland? <sighs> yeah. Well, it's December. That's right. Merry Chrysler and happy Honda days, y'all. Um, I was wondering after our uh, Cyber Monday... Uh, insanity what what our e-commerce sales would be like you know after that if there would be like a bit of a hangover Mm -hmm. and i haven't looked and have you (laughs) yeah i mean you know things like that happen then i just expect people like no one to order for two weeks because they all like get the deal and then they're stocked up on coffee especially with buy one get one free yeah hasn't quite been that way there's been some orders i mean and then that's the glory of subscriptions man like yeah, that's you gotta you gotta have that, and we didn't have it for the longest time, especially because our website is a like custom website that pulls data from Shopify rather than being like a Shopify theme website. So to implement subscriptions for us, it cost us like, I mean, straight up like ten thousand dollars to have someone do, run that like do that code. Yeah. Um, and who made a website? I don't know. No, I think I think it was you though. Yeah. I don't know. So you, I don't know if we've ever talked about this on the program. Maybe maybe a few times, maybe zero times. But you went through a coding boot camp. Guilty. Uh, 
how long ago was that? Was that in like 2018-ish? Yeah. What, um, why did you do that? Why did I do that? Because um, we that was right when we were kind of all going full-time with the business. Yeah. I think it is vastly important to, when you're an entrepreneur, to develop as many skills as you possibly can. Because if I think if you just sit on your hands and you don't do that, then like you open the potential for spending a ton of money that you might not have to otherwise spend. Yeah. So like if you don't know how to take pictures, you're, you don't know how to design, uh, like that means you have to hire people to do those things or those areas are poorly done. So, I'll, you know, especially if you have the margin for it in your life. And that's why I think it's so cool to start a business when you're really young mm -hmm. and you can, and if you're not going to start a business, then to just learn these skills, because I mean, there's a lot, long time in my life where like I would go home, I'd have plenty of time to spend with my wife, even because we all got married really young, um, spend a lot of time with her, but still have like two or three hours at night just to like go through Adobe Illustrator tutorials on YouTube. Yeah. And that, I can't quantify how much money it has saved the business. Yeah. That, like, I know how to use Illustrator. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, probably, like, north, like, six figures type of stuff at this point. Uh, and then the same thing with the coding stuff. It's like, like I said, some of the stuff is too far above my head. Like, right now, our website's kind of getting a little, like, a, back-end overhaul and it's going to cost us a decent amount of cash but like i could do it it's just a matter at this point of like weighing like what is my time worth versus like me taking myself out of the company for a month to work on that yeah um but that's why it's like i wanted to just like stockpile on the things that especially the high ticket price items up front that I could learn so that we didn't have to hire out for those things. And it's all relative. It's like, you know, at that time, you know, let's say hiring a web developer is $40 an hour. When we first started our company, like those numbers are like insane numbers because that is so much more money than any of us are making. Um, it's so much more. Wait, really? <laughs> yes. And you guys, just you guys. And but, you know, as you progress, you know, 10 years down the line, maybe you can be like, okay, I, I, it's worth me doing, paying this $40 an hour because I can generate the company money in another area. Yeah. Well, it's almost like, it's almost like you are making money for the company yeah. when you have a skill. It's, yeah. it's almost like a sale. Like you're, you're in a sales role and you're like bringing in revenue. Yeah. Or like, yeah, like selling a product because you would otherwise be paying that. How much of your decision to pursue that was an insurance plan in case Valor failed? Probably 45%. That was pretty high. Oh, yeah. You were pretty vocal about it. Fair I enough. I mean, it's, it's just all, I mean, even still now, like whenever I learn things, it's, or like me trying to develop some semblance of a personal brand. Like that's not, it's not like, cheating the company by any means mm -hmm. for me to just do that on my own time. Like yeah. I'm about to release a website where I'm going to start like throwing out blog posts. I, I have a YouTube channel. Like those things are like, there's, it's only a good idea to invest stock into yourself and your personal brand, especially in today's, you know, marketplace where like so much lives online and 
anyone can develop a personal brand. It's just, I, I just say like, why not? You know, it reminds me of when we're hiring someone and they want to own a coffee shop one day. It's like, that's a very symbiotic relationship of while you're here, you, you're going to be more interested about all the nitty gritty about like the operation and taking ownership because you want to carry that on once that's done. So do you think that actually pans out? In what way? Uh, if we're just being super honest, like the people who say, I want to open a coffee shop someday. And we, if we hire them, the expectation might be that like, they're like a little more inquisitive, like want to know like about the details of the operation. Do you see that happen? Yeah. Cool. The one thing that I don't know how to do yet is how to really invite them into it. Mm-hmm. You know, we have our leadership roles, but I'm like, what is a, sorry to say symbiotic again, but a symbiotic way to properly compensate someone, but like really stretch and push someone to help and learn in the process, you know? Mm. Um, but when I think about people like Gabby, Savvy, Slam, even Joey, they're all like interested in down the line coffee. Mm-hmm. And they're definitely some of our most like pushing people, you know, mm. trying to figure out more, trying to involve themselves in more, taking ownership for more. So what's like, the, th- go ahead, bud. You need to like develop an, we need to develop an incubator. Yeah. Of yeah. Like how do we help them while so they help us? Yeah. Cause now it's just like, well, this is just how you take inventory and this is, this, 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 you know, but yeah. be like, no, I, re- I want to really like know, like, like, what, how do you really do it, you know? Well, that's kind of how you do it, though. I know. And that is like, well, honestly, when you're starting out, too, a lot of it's just like just working behind the bar. Keep the thing then- stocked, work behind the bar, <laughs> schedule people. And then, okay, so the question I was going to ask you <clears throat> is like, when you were more of the GM of our one cafe for those years, you're working behind the bar a lot. You're learning the skills of because that that's a huge part of it of owning a coffee shop is like setting the culture and the tone behind the bar. Yeah. But the other things, like the things that those people might be alluding to, like the stuff that they really want to learn, what are some of those things that were hard for you to grasp onto that are like outside of your temperament, skill set, personality? Dude, I don't know the right answer, but my like my heart answer is that it's just everything he's done, like back end. That's what I was thinking. To like set up what it takes to run a coffee shop. And I really am like a general manager where I like take care of everything on the cafe front, get necessary data to give to Riley to help. But at this point, is most of your crossover with the cafe payroll? And then it's like the marketing side, probably a lot, but way more involved in the groundwork of like tip log. Like how do you create a system and spreadsheet to calculate everyone's hours and tips and how that splits up Mm -hmm. or. Well, fortunately things like that are just going to be present in our community. (laughs) Welcome to the sponsored part. (laughs) Uh, but seriously, like that's why we want to put all those things in one place, you know, yeah. spreadsheet for a tip log. So someone who's never done this just has it. And it's a lot easier. You just go click on that page. All those documents are in one place. Cause you're like, I didn't even know I needed this, but this is something I would have needed in week two. 
Yeah, and a lot of it's at the start too. And so that's what I was thinking as well. Like, how do I know all the stuff to buy? Um, how do I get a permit? What does it mean to work with an architect? It's mostly like startup related stuff. Yeah, that's true. Game. And I'm like, so then you're showing someone the day to day, and you're like, well, that all just kind of happened, you mm-hmm. know? Like setting up your sales tax arrangement because you like pay sales tax. Yeah, you know. Yeah, but I mean, uh, when we were opening Dunwoody, Elijah, who was one of formerly on the pod, um, were you there for that, or was it just us? Elijah Knapp? Yeah. I I don't think I was there. Yeah. I think we had we've done by ourselves with him and David Bazilia. Yeah. Anyways, um maybe. I was trying to like fill I he also wanted to be in coffee more long term one day too. So I was like things would be happening with them when I'd try to like just fill them in, be like, hey, just so you know, we were talking to the city about this and we had to talk to the county about this and we needed to do this, this, this. And I was like, maybe that will help one day. Yeah. Yeah, what made me think of it was talking to a great friend of ours who's starting a cafe and, you know, he is going to be the the sole owner. Sole proprietor? Sole proprietor even. <laughs> owner, operator. Is that how he's going to file? <clears throat> Jeez, I don't know. But, you know, he'll he'll also be working behind the bar. And I feel like there's this really amorphous term, like the books. You know, like who's going to do the books? Who's going to cook the books? And it's going to like take forever or whatever. You know, I just feel like that's something that someone who is more creatively minded, someone who's a people person, loves connecting with people, they want to start a coffee shop, they're going to work behind the bar a lot because you you have to when you start and they want to. Mm-hmm. But like, what about like the books? You know, like, do you think they can handle that? Right. And once again, I guess that I didn't think about that. The, the bookkeeping aspect of basically when we say bookkeeping, correct me if I'm wrong, you're just categorizing your transactions so that you can see where your money goes. Yeah, exactly. And there's there's just a lot of knowledge you have to build over the years to understand. Like, I mean, there's certain things like how you book whenever you buy a piece of equipment. If it's under $500, you book it one way. If it's over $500, you book it another way. And like all of those tiny little things uh, that you just learn as you go. Mm. And, you know, it's just... Like anything else, like your books five or six years down the road are going to be way better than your books at the start. In your professional opinion, so let's just take our example of our great friend, like our amazing friend that's starting uh, a cafe. He's doing it all by himself. Does he contact like a third-party bookkeeper and not think about it and just send like uh, expense reports to this person? Yeah, if I was a one-man show, I'm trying to think of like the archetype person to run a cafe. And it'd probably just be like someone like you who was, we're, 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 we're transparent here, we're friends. Someone like you who knew something about marketing and like how to use a camera and like run social media. Someone like you, Ethan. Kind of like our friend who's starting a exactly. cafe. Wait, so like, I'm, I'm thinking about him, and I'm like, he is he is a pretty solid yeah. person to do this. So someone like with excellent leadership skills, like excellent amounts of empathy and care for the team, knows how to use a camera and like create a brand online, like the, those, and then like design a space. You're telling me I could do that? No, he's saying I'm saying that you, you can't do that. You I can't, as of right now. 
Okay. Right, right, right. Yeah. I was like marketing skills. Okay. Okay. I was like, dude, I don't know where you're getting this, but I'll take it. Like that. And then like, you've gotten a lot better with organizational skills, but. um, Yeah, definitely this past year. Thank you, Todoist. This podcast is not sponsored by Todoist. I'd love for it to be. Um, Yeah. So that, you know, that's probably like the archetype person around the cafe because it's like you can do the expensive, our, our friend, he's like photographer, designer, like he can do all those like expensive things himself uh, and then lead the team. And then the stuff like uh, bookkeeping, he can hire out for those sorts of things. Just build it in the model. Exactly. And when you're one owner versus you can three, do <laughs> you can do some stuff Coners. like that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, you don't have to give that bookkeeping person equity. Exactly. <laughs> like kind of like more or less what we're doing here. Yeah. Um, back to the coding thing. Whoa. Uh, <laughs> Call back. Do you want to let the audience in on what happened right before Black Friday? Yeah. So then that's a, that's a, the funny thing <laughs> about this. It's especially <laughs> when you're laugh. working with something as fragile as uh, code and code dependencies. You a website you built five years ago and haven't updated at all is going to break really badly. You if you don't in, keep you updating put that bold it. lettering. So yeah. anyone watching really hears this. Yeah. And so with us website, I, I just, all I wanted to do was go and like update the hero image, like the image at the top of our website. And I went to do that and lo and behold, it wouldn't let me, deploy new code it, it it let the old code like live there but the new code wouldn't deploy because some of the dependencies had deprecated and so i had to defecated i had to quickly hire a developer because this was thanksgiving day yeah so that i wouldn't have to work on thanksgiving and i did and he fixed some of it but he was like and I already knew this. Basically, yo, you need to update all the stuff, or it's gonna break again in like six months. So then we have to do that, dude. That reminds me of like what I would experience if like a refrigerator is not working and a repairman comes. He's like, dude, you got a lot of other stuff wrong. But I feel like no one's thinking about this for their website, yeah, as being like an expense for your company. Yep, it's like your website is outdated after this many years, and you need to do some preventative you need maybe you should have been doing preventative maintenance on your website you absolutely should is that crazy yeah um the and internet i do plan to either do that myself or just hire it out to like constantly upgrade all these packages so this doesn't happen again because it's just cheaper and less stressful how does that happen on thanksgiving I, just like well it's it that's whenever i make changes and it, it, michaela's like this always happens it's like <laughs> it's like the same thing happened when I uh, was working on the uh, rebrand website, like making all the rebrand changes. This was like March of 2022. Me and Michaela were on our baby moon in Miami. And I just like the entire time on the plane on the way there, even like when we first got to the hotel, just like trying to get the website to work because it was just like completely down. Jeez. Jeez. And then it worked. So, but that being a point to you should do anything that you do 
any project, your deadline and the changes you make shouldn't be pushing right up to it. And that's why like this year we sat down, planned all of our events for next year, mm-hmm. like and and our due dates for these events are like well before the day of the event. So yeah. that's my plan to make this not happen like that again. Dude, back to coning. Um I'm sorry, I got nothing. I just wanted to say back to coning. Coners. Coners. Yeah. Yeah. What is it? Go ahead. I just want to say thanks for all your hard work. Yeah, man. Thank Thank you. You do a lot of awesome tasks that don't get seen or get seen, but not recognized for who did it. That's right. Website. Hmm. So we appreciate you. On air. Thank you. Off air. mm, Screw you. (laughs) Screw you, man. We'll get to that later. Sorry to I sorry to interject, Ross. No, I was just thinking about, you know, we decided to start a coffee company with three owners. Oops. And and oops. Yeah. <laughs> um, I guess it was two in the beginning, and maybe we should have just kept you as an employee. <laughs> you used to be working for us? No. I'd have, <laughs> I'd have to be making a lot more than you guys. And anyways. Um so you have these skills that you either had before you started the thing or that you develop while you are doing the thing, the coffee company or whatever company it is. And then over time we have our, like our roles, your, your role has more like it's been in the cafe since day one. There was a little bit where we are like, is Ethan going to be the roaster? Like, I think we had like two or three conversations about that and you went we can to still move things around. We could, man. Uh, Sam. Switch to Sam, yeah. yeah. We'll put you in charge of the cafes, Big T. Yeah, perfect. What's the first thing you would do? The first thing I would do. Oh, my gosh. I don't know. Keep it PG. <laughs> um, that's a joke. Clean house. <laughs> uh, I already get my way, so we're good. <laughs> I already get your way. Wow. I'm pushover. Um, but anyway, so, you know, like, what has it been like for you guys uh, as you've accrued these skills being a business owner, like delegating some of those roles, giving them off to some people like we've given off book bookkeeping. I, I guess my question is, how do you decide which one of your skills you want to use long-term in the company versus which one of your skills do you want to offload and delegate? I think we just naturally fell into what is the, area where we can make the company the most money and like where like because there is something to an owner's touch you know Mm. like we have way more success when we try to perform wholesale sales than anyone else would Mm -hmm. um and then just those you know higher level things you know in my situation like i try to do the things that would cost us a hundred dollars an hour to hire a contractor to do so and I think it's kind of the same way with you guys. You know, like Ethan's role is like a retail director of multiple locations. Um, you being catch-all, it's like sales. Salespeople can be expensive, especially if they're actually making sales. Um, and like HR, like how could we, we're just going to hire someone to do HR. Mm-hmm. Uh, things that are like, above our heads yeah yeah that's been kind of a a wild journey like our roles evolving 
over mm-hmm. the years, you know, like especially just the reason we fell in love with with coffee was not because we like to run a business. We fell in love with coffee because we just fell in love with coffee, like from working behind the bar mm-hmm. and then just deciding like, okay, let's start a business so that we can have our own brand and then you like work behind the bar less and less and less and it's just been wild like the progression of of our company the skills we've accrued offloading those gaining more skills failing learning but like i i wouldn't want it to be any other way either isn't it funny when you replace your time by delegating a task how you look back on those tasks that you're doing and you're like, there's no way I could fit this into my schedule. Mm. I think about how it was a long time ago, like I used to roast coffee and even more recent than that, I used to buy the green coffee. Yeah. And that takes up like Sam does that just like, that's what he does. And I'm like, how was I doing that? And he does a way better job than me. And he roasts way more coffee than I ever did. So that's a big part of it. But it's kind of just truth that, especially when you're starting, you fill your time to the max with just like what you have to do. Yeah, and that's a big transition I'm in is learning how to or what to fill it with because so much of it was just direct contact with pit crew, people on the team. But now it's like investing and building up the leaders to do that, what I used to do. I yeah. like team care. It's like my concept of team shifted to a, a smaller group of people that I'm entrusting will do what I did to the pit crew. Yeah. And that's like a new, very new thing because I think my biggest strength was just servant leadership and leading by example and just like doing things shoulder to shoulder with people. Mm -hmm. But now I'm like shoulder to shoulder with someone, but just talking about how to do something else. Yeah. Big shift, big shift. We were kind of like moving towards that for years in one sense, but I feel like when it happened, it was like, how was that for you? Like, you know, we've, we've always wanted to have multiple locations and we always planned for you to, it just makes sense. Like you're on that side of the business. You know how cafes are ran, mm-hmm. you know, in and out. So mm-hmm. it makes sense that you would lead the leaders of those mm-hmm. instead of just you being at the top and then having like 30, 40 people under you. Mm-hmm. There's just no way to keep up with that. But like how was how is that transition going for you moving from like being so hands-on shoulder to shoulder day to day to like leading leaders. It's cool. I think um, taking this year to grow a lot more in organization and focus has been really beneficial because there's still a pretty big uh, delineation in the way you can support leaders that I've seen in like reactive support and proactive support where like, I can easily fill my time with just being like, hey, how's it going? What can I do to help? And then it's like this, 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 this. And it's like, great. Let's just keep the wheels on. I'm helping now. Then you're just kind of another set of hands. Another set of hands. Yeah. It's totally awesome in a lot of situations. Um, But I think I'm having to really grow and learn in that proactive support of like, hey, how are we doing in this area? And how can we be better? And how can I check in with you about it? 
in a week. Does that feel like a totally different skill set? Or does um, it feel the same? No, it's different because you're pushing. You're instead of catching, you know? Yeah. Which is like receiving. So it's kind of passive versus active. Um, and so even like the way you talk and communicate, it's just different. But um, I think kind of putting in the hours and putting in like the time of support and empathy and trust makes those like proactive moments super easy. You know, yeah. like this person is totally on my side and they're helping and they're going to help with the proactive thing too. So it's good to have both, you know, to, to know what it's like to be a leader in a cafe, be shoulder to shoulder with them and then be there to call them higher and keep checking in and help them get there. Yeah. Cause you would do, you would do proactive things when you were the GM, you know, like training is some is you could view that as proactive. Mm-hmm. You're like, you're investing and in moving forward, but it really is. It's a catch all. Mm-hmm. And the, in the cafe, like it's, I, we all experience it. You know, when, when you are an able bodied, another set of hands in a cafe, like you will be used mm-hmm. or, or utilized, not used they will need you. Like for example, I walked into our Dunwoody location, uh, early this week and I was like, I'm just going to work from Dunwoody today on my computer because I got a lot of, you know, computer work to do. I need to catch up. And as soon as I walk in, there's just, there's one person behind the bar and I was like, Oh, there's one person behind the bar. Wow. And it's like kind of like, you know, nine 30, like busy. And, One of our employees had injured themselves and they were in the back, like, you know, in a rough place, like not able to come out on bar. So I like went back there and another one of our employees was back there too, like, you know, consoling and like they went off to, to remedy the issue. Um, and so I was like, okay, we're getting behind the bar. Let's go. Right. And I, I feel like I used to be annoyed by that, but Obviously, I w- really wish this all didn't happen because it sucks that someone got injured. But um, I really enjoyed it. Just like jumping in and being like, you know, this is this is how I can immediately be effective and useful and like really move the needle on the guest experience. Because like if I didn't walk in right there, it would have just been one person behind the bar we probably would have had to close, Whoa. you know, and that would have sucked for that person that was still there. Um, but it was just wild timing. And I, I could see how like if you're in the cafe, stuff like that just happens all the time. Not that like people are, are like getting hurt all the time, but just unexpected, job. unexpected things happen, especially in the people business. And so if you're not careful, you can just get sucked in to whatever is at hand, I will do. Mm-hmm. And you know, there's like elements of servant leadership in that, but then it's like kind of also not leadership really. Mm-hmm. Cause it's just like helping, you know, right. Different muscle to flex for sure. Yep. And learning how to reflect on why you needed to step in like you did and make an adjustment for the future. Yeah. Like how, how to not, not eliminate that in the future because it, it stuff just happens. But like when stuff like that happens, what do we do? Yeah. So that it doesn't have to just be like left up to chance for one of the owners to be walking in. Yeah. We talked about that 
ad nauseum before, but you know, because Alpharetta was our first cafe, there was a lot more of those like, oh crap moments. But, and we did a lot of learning. And there still have been those random, like I think it was the day after Thanksgiving, the tubing for the milk pitcher rinser explodes, you know, and all this stuff. And there's still crazy stuff that goes on. But what is cool is when I, I was just reflecting on this yesterday, but um, just as years have gone by, I think the like understanding and ownership of the team just continually passes on from like older hire to newer hire, and the standard is just always raising, and uh, people are just getting better, you know. And we have awesome people that solve problems that I know that I would have had to have solved. Yeah. If this was three years ago, you know, Zion has been great Zion's at that. Been awesome. Savvy's been awesome. Slam's been awesome. Lilby's been, yeah, it's, it's a blessing. So that is a huge like perk of that is instilling that ownership and encouraging it and appreciating it. But, uh, yeah, it is, it's a new, new role and it has been a, definitely a growing year and I'm grateful for the opportunity guys. Thank you. Thanks for letting me be your third partner. You're the first partner. Thanks for being the. F- thanks for letting me be the first hire. Yeah, you really were, because you were the first person to bring on and the first person to get paid that we brought on. But you were an owner at that point. So insightful. <laughs> wow. <laughs> hey, news. Oh, there's Cha-ching. a sale. Cha-ching. Ross still has uh, notifications on for Shopify because he likes to know every time we make a sale. Yep. Sale. Sale. Uh, so we are selling this espresso machine right here. See it? It's a 2012 three group Strata MP. Manual panel. But the group heads have been converted to EE groups. So it means that they're just on off switches. They're not manual power. So, like anymore. at some point, somebody was like, <clears throat> I don't care about this pressure profiling nonsense. Yeah. And like, I, just, I want this thing <laughs> to go on and off. But I still want paddles. But I still it looks sexy. want paddles. Yeah. Wow. So it's custom powder coated green and it works great. And if you buy it, then we'll have it serviced right before you come and pick it up. Pulls a great shot. Oh, oh yeah. Pull, Ex- it's pulled a few God shots. Exhibit A. At least three is, God shots. Is God shot like the word perfect? Like there's only one perfect. So there's only one God shot in the whole world. I think it's just like in each coffee professional's journey there was a God shot or there will be. <laughs> I like to think there still will be. Yeah. It's always like we still haven't. Hey, got I have a there. question about the machine. Yeah. Is the garland included? I will throw in the garland. If someone buys it by December 31st. Okay. Seriously. Yeah. Dang. So for context, no, we are it. selling that machine. We're just playing. We're just playing espresso machine roulette would you say mm. musical chairs sure musical sure. machines and and we because okay we're replacing our spirit in our cafe and we i mean i've already paid for the new ones we're so. not promised tomorrow riley <laughs> come on man okay we are good promised point. delivery of a strata though good point so if anyways 
Why are you going to interrupt me, dude? <laughs> That's comedy, man. Dude, it's I, yeah. situational humor. We all have a role to play in this podcast. <laughs> we And we just can't we can't part with the strata. It's meant too much to us. And the spirit. The spirit. Sorry, the spirit. We, we will part with the <laughs> We can't sp- part with the spirit. It it's hard. Don't get us wrong. So we're putting the spirit here. And we are selling this machine, though we will miss it. And you can have it. Should I say the price? Just say the price. $12,000. If you want to spend $12,000, I mean, we're buying a new Strata, and it is $28,000. So read the room. So Hey, cheaper for wholesale accounts. And if you are a wholesale account, yeah, we will sell it to you for cheaper. Or if you're not a wholesale account yet, you you (laughs) could be. (laughs) Could be. Could be. And you could get a cheaper Strata. Somebody. And yeah, so we're going to sell that machine. If you want to buy it, then email us. Info at valor.coffee, and it could be yours. Dude, new idea. We start uh, shouting out places that we want to serve our coffee. Just like call-outs. <laughs> you, you said that one time, the Lane Kiffin model, where on our Instagram, we don't follow anyone except for one like recruit. <laughs> Is that a, was that a, did that happen with Lane Kiffin? <laughs> yeah. Yeah? That's what he, he did do with his art. Instagram. Yeah. yeah. Whoa. Most famously for Arch, Arch Manning. Yeah. Oh, like, so he's like doing that. That's the only person he followed. Like present tense, yeah. I bet you he's only following Arch Manning again. <laughs> Uh-oh. Because he's transferring. He is? I, I don't think he's in, entered the portal. Arch Manning's like a kid. I feel like it's kind of creepy. He's, he's, he's an adult now. How old is he? He's 18. He's at least a freshman in college. 18, so. 19. Is he in college? Yeah. Yeah, he's at Texas. He was the third string at Texas this oh. year. That's why he's probably transferring out. And Quinn Ewers is coming back next year. That's a big part of the reason. Can I just throw another random topic at you guys? Yeah. Okay. Godshot, <laughs> right? <laughs> what comes to mind? All right. And I'm sure that part of the Godshot is also just the experience, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But try yeah. to just throw that out the window. Okay. Or if you want to mention it, it's fine. But what was your God shot so far <laughs> in your coffee career and where? And do you remember what coffee? It just sucks to say that my God shot was in a freaking Cortado. <laughs> it really sucks. That moment when to release those, especially for me. Well, let's think about the Cortados. I, I don't like Cortados. But there's so, there's not a lot of milk, so you can actually taste the espresso. Not like these freaking lattes. Yeah, espresso. <laughs> yeah. yeah. For sure. So my like God a cup shot of milk. was 2017 Brash Box, West Midtown, Cortado, Wilford Lamastis, Panama Geisha, Espresso. <laughs> yeah, Dude, I'll have are. the Wilford Lamastis, Panama Geisha, Cortado. Alita Estate. <laughs> oh, wait, did it like, did they offer it in the Cortado or like, can I have it in a Cortado? No, they just like, I ordered a Cortado, and they were like, which espresso do you want? Wow. The El Salvador, probably. Isn't that what they did for the longest time? I was at Brash the other day, and uh, I texted JP. I was like, what coffee did you guys used to to sell all the time? Because it was always like one main one. It was like a single origin was their main coffee, and I think it was an El Sal. It, uh... El Salvador Miguel Menendez. Yeah, that was it. Yeah, red yeah. red Bourbon. Yeah, so it was like that or Alita Estate. 
Which was dope at the time because now just no one has a lead estate because it's so expensive. Yeah. Where and is it now, you think? What? Where do you think it goes? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> Blue Bottle uh, Tasting Room? Yeah. There's a lot of chatter about Blue Bottle Tasting Room lately. Dude. Especially if you are in on this chatter. Yeah, I saw a Chris Baca video. I didn't watch it yet. Yeah. I have my cue, though. Is that a thing on YouTube? A queue? Watch, watch later. later. Yeah. Oh. What about you? Godshot. Bro, I don't know. I. It wasn't espresso, so I'll just mention it real quickly. But one time I had this random Columbia washed coffee from Onyx, and it. My friend Joseph made it as like an ice pour over, and it had. I never, ever, ever. Tasted a coffee that tasted more like caramel than that. I was like, it was like freaking crazy. Yeah. And I was like, what? It's just when like flavor clarity just goes to a whole new level where you're like, this is not coffee anymore. This is just chocolate mm-hmm. or this is like just cranberry sauce. It's like totally dominant takeover of a different flavor profile. So there's just some times I know so I'm just think, thinking it's dark. I'm in Alpharetta dialing in and I just like have this espresso. I'm like, it's like a cup of chocolate. This mm-hmm. isn't, this isn't, uh, this isn't even espresso. But I think when sweetness is just so high and flavor clarity is so clear, you're like, what am I drinking right now? Yeah. So you kind of went more God iced pour over and not like God shot. What I'm always drinking an iced pour over. So <laughs> an example of what you're talking about that comes to mind for me was that owner's retreat. We took to Chattanooga and we went to plus coffee. Rest in peace. RIP. Uh, and we had a Guatemala from Quills that was just the most blend like chocolatey coffee I've ever had. Yeah. We were like, whoa. I bought it. At, like no no, no. I, I still worked at Chrome Yellow and we like were a multi roaster and we bought Quills coffee after because that, of that because it was so good and we served that coffee on espresso. That would really make someone's heart sing to hear that you just tasted a coffee and it was so good. Yeah, you had to have it. Yep. I remember for me. Oh yeah, gonna, Ross. What was yours? This is gonna come out of left field for you guys, but. <laughs> Starbucks. You guys remember Candessa? I remember Starbucks. Oh, yeah. All right. Um, so they early on they would have uh, hologram on espresso from Counterculture, and I don't know. I guess this isn't like a super objective god shot. At least it's a, an espresso, not a nice pour over. But shut up. Like the whole like chocolatey fruity blend espresso. You know, hologram was the first of that variety that I ever had. And I think sure maybe Wit Hageman pulled the shot. And I think Thank maybe you, it was on a GB5 and maybe, maybe a Mythos. I can't remember. Mm. But um, I hate that combo. <laughs> just because of Nito. No, <laughs> sorry for the name those, drop. I don't like either of those pieces of equipment. Yeah, and it, this isn't about me right now, so I just want to give the floor back to Ross. So Ross, thank you. Go ahead. Yeah, just the whole like eighty percent chocolatey, mm-hmm. and then twenty percent fruity pop thing, and like this, this is 
the a great espresso, you know, and like before that, the only espresso I had was all chocolate or all char. And uh, that was the first one that like had some brightness, but not not that like it was like a, you know, S.O. Hama or something like that, you know. It was probably like your first shot that was like a one to two ratio. Yeah, yeah. a little bigger. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then, you know, from hologram, it was like the answer, cat and cloud. I feel like when we would dial in on the GS3 at the pop-up with the answer, that it was fire. Yeah. With our RO'd water. Yeah, it was awesome. Was that a three-bean blend? I don't know. I think it was. I think it would. Dude, I, yeah, I don't. I'm not trying to do them dirty. I, they kept it kind of vague on their bag. I don't. I can't remember yeah. on their wholesale portal if they spell it out. But they just be so like, a blend of Central American and African coffees. Yes. Yeah. I think it was like two Central American, one natty African copy. Proprietary. Yeah. Proprietary blend. What do you guys think, man? We're all over the place Oops. in this episode. This is like an old episode, and we had a topic, and we just have skirted completely it. skirted Screw it. Screw that topic. Skirt. Uh, what do you guys think about branding single origin coffees? Like putting a name on it? Yeah. I ask uh, because our good friend Kent. Hey, Kent. Kent. Love you, Kent. Kent just Kent started a Twitter. Okay. An X. An X. Sorry. And he made this thread yesterday. He started a an X like account. Yes. Is it called Kent dot FYI? What do you think? Yes. Yes. Did you know about it or something? No, that's just Kent's. That's his handle. That's his thing, man. Kent. FYI. Allow me to. He's one of the funnier guys I know. Like funny looking or like. No, like, he's <laughs> handsome. That's a handsome yeah, fella. Yeah, he is handsome. But like when he types things, says things, even especially if he has time to think about things. Yeah. It's different. I know the type. They're <laughs> type. But yeah, people like there's a certain personality or mental framework where people just they can't help but just like send out zingers david bazilia via text category for me as well where i'm like the things you say are very different and i can't compete yeah i'm just gonna have to send a smiley face (laughs) hey riley what's going on man so kent makes a tweet and i'm not gonna go through the whole thing because he dissected every point (laughs) how do you do that in a an x post he says, seven coffee things I'm keen on are in. All right, so he, New he, Zealand. All right, so he has, he has an X, but like he, he understands lingo. Like yep. RN. Keen, RN. Yeah. One, naming slash branding single origins. Two, offering extremes, budget basics, and crazy boutiques. Three, super autos. Four, bottled slash canned specialty lattes. Five, Goodies hidden in coffee bags. Six, unreasonable hospitality. Seven, experiential and unique build-outs. Um, so that's what made me think about branding single origins. I've been thinking about it, but... Dude, we've been doing that since day one. Yeah, yeah. Workers comp. Workers comp. I mean... It would be like... I thought about the extreme of this, and it would just be like naming every one of our menu slots. right. I think that's lame, personally. Naming all of your menu slots, like at least when I see it done, I think it's lame. Yeah, like this one is called yeah, the like, like who though? Who's who's lame? No one's coming to mind. 
Okay. His dissection of that point was naming and branding SOs as we do for blends makes them more approachable, attractive, recognizable, and can communicate the experience. In my opinion, almost no consumer cares about the farm slash region name as the primary info and only leads to uncomfortable pronunciation attempts. You know what people do care about, though? What? The country. Yeah, that's that's definitely true. And I know a lot of people who just heard that statement might be offended. but The he, dissecting point? Uh like what he said? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it is true. A lot of people don't care what they're drinking. And I would say the majority of people who walk into a cafe don't care what they're drinking. As long as it tastes like what they want it to taste My like. My pushback on it is like, what's more confusing? Calling a coffee from Ethiopia, Ethiopia, or calling it like flowers on a Tuesday or something. Mm. Like p- people are just going to see that and just be like, oh, noise. Ugh calories bye and just like move on to me our coffees like the whole thing with our the whole thing with our menu is we took what counterculture did because we were very familiar with counterculture when we started um, they they would have blends and then they would have single origins and all of the blends were year round because they want that flavor profile year round available Coffee seasonal. They, you know, coffee's a fruit. Coffee's a fruit. They swap in and out the coffees to keep in season, but maintain the same flavor profile. But sometimes, I remember Apollo, which was like their floral blend or floral coffee. It was one time. It was a hundred percent an Ethiopian coffee because they were like, you know, this single origin just fully represents what we want Apollo to taste like. So we're like, okay, yeah, I like that. And then that's what we did with Workers Comp. Like it's never been a blend, our dark-ish roast. And then we were like, what if we applied that same philosophy to the whole menu and made all of our menu slots exactly that, like menu slots that have colors associated with them. So I guess we do blend our single origins because they're they're different colors. Brand our single brand. origins. Okay. Sorry. Yeah, brand. Um, You're right. The colors are the branding. The colors are the branding, and the name of the country is the branding, too. I think that's a big point that we can talk about, is that I don't like it. I'm sorry. When you go on a website, and the heading of the product title, and all you can see is just the farm name. Yeah. I can't find what I'm looking for. Even if it has the country of origin? I'm saying that a lot of times it doesn't have the country of origin in the product title. At least, yeah, like not in big letters. Yeah. I wonder if, dude, you got to do a survey monkey for this. Is that what it's called? We send to anyone that's ever bought Coffee from Valor. Did you know that our boxes are color-coded and they mean something? We need to be better about communicating that. Yeah, because I think I love everything you said, but I'm like, that would only it only works if someone's like, I know I like the pink box. And that's legit. I know I look guys, I work in the cafe still sometimes. And people are like, I like to get the red box. I know that that's the fruity one. Yeah. And I'm like, good. That's awesome. I bet it's subconscious too a lot. Mm-mm. Our no. key is really tiny though, and it needs to be bigger. And how you just have a picture of each box and next to it needs to say fruity. Totally. And then that needs to be on our website with filtering options. All right. Dude, get, get to get, work. Get to work, man. Get to work. Uh, I think we kind of found our little middle ground. It's like yes and no. Mm. So thanks for thanks for sending that into the program. What was Ken? another thing he sent? 
He said on that. He said super autos. Oh, he said... Uh, we talked about super autos. Experiential build-outs. I would love to hear more about that. I think I know some of what he's saying there. He says, Dubai and Japan have been creating mind-blowing build-outs in recent years. Some cafes in Europe are equally impressive. The U.S. seems to more or less stick with the standard cafe with varying levels of finished materials. There's room for something new and out of the box. I agree. I just think that the model is flawed in terms of the money that you make. So if you're sitting on tons of cash, like maybe some of these uh, entrepreneurs opening cafes in Dubai, then go for it. And as we probably know a little more now, those are often just amenities to a large building. That's just like that is a tiny slice of the money pie. Yeah. You know? But I, dude, it's hard. People just love a normal coffee shop. And if anything, it's like people just want more convenience. I feel like it'd be hard to get a captivated audience. I guess you just have to be in a really high population area to do like a tasting room or like a, or even a split of like, we've talked about, you know, getting this line if you're just going to go and it'll be a classic thing. And if you're sitting for here, you sit over here and it'll be like this. It'll be different. You know, but still the cost to pull even that off is a lot higher than just doing a normal coffee shop. Mm -hmm. Interesting. I think that was an idea. I hope Kent doesn't mind me sharing this, but I'm pretty sure like that idea kind of came from Kent a little bit as far as like there's two halves of a cafe. One half of it is more express lane oriented. The other one is more experience, different coffees, maybe even more seating. Um, He's going to kick your butt. Even to the point of like having a, a self-serve Eversys on, you know, the left side that you just like go up, maybe like self-checkout even. Because that, 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 I think that is like... Three tiers of service. While, yeah, while people... Uh, Fourth tier is where we, we give you the drink and we like, you just sit there. We like ladle it into yeah. your mouth. Yeah. You don't move a muscle. It's where the the experimental build outs for me of less of are less of like uh, crazy materials or or like a something that is truly innovative, but something that pushes uh, experience, something that pushes convenience in a in the right direction because people do just want it. Like there's a reason why drive through at Starbucks and Dunkin is popping off. Um, but you, you've got that side of it. You've got the convenience, but then you've also got the high-end experience for the people that want to like hang out and sit. I feel like that is that idea is like the closest thing I've ever that I've ever truly considered. Like this would actually be cool one day. We've considered to go only as well. What do you mean? I mean, that's just like not super common with specialty coffee, like to like a to go only concept it's getting more common i feel like for sure maybe more uh, urban developed areas but hey, it's just so nice to get something in a cerami yeah it's a lot of extra work though extra cost extra work i'd say most people can't just can't do it because coffee is what they get on their way to work yep you're saying when you say to go only you're saying like drive through yeah or something like that yeah well yeah what if we just did espresso for here, and we gave them, <laughs> we gave them the espresso. Espresso here only. We set a timer, mm. forty five seconds. You can just sit in the parking lot, and we'll come get the cup. 
Have you made any flips to go? Uh, I think I saw one getting made yesterday, and everybody was like, oh, oh, oh. Do you still make it neat? I don't remember. I think there might have been one ice cube because it was just like, yeah, it's just a, it's a cocktail. It's weird. I, we've never done a for here only drink. I'd say that's the cl- as close as it gets. I'll say this: someone did it. I don't know. I don't know how you guys are going to feel about this, but they did it and then they topped it with cold foam, like pe- the peppermint cold foam. I mean, like somebody ordered it that way. Kind of sounds good. Yes. Whoa. Yeah. It does sound good. Because it's pretty potent, so stretching it out with a little little PCF. I'd like Come to on. taste that. It's a cool modifier. It's like the Hoobie Wadi with cold brew concentrate. Yeah, there's some chatter. Dude, what, that what drink did you just is, say? That is my pride and joy. Wow. The holiday Hoobie Wadi? Yeah. A soda that I made. Imagine that. The best drink you've ever made has no coffee in it. Soda. <laughs> uh, I haven't tried it with the ounce of cold brew concentrate. I just told people to do it because I just knew it'd be good. It's pretty good. Were you a big craft soda guy, like, like as a teen? You know the answer to that. <laughs> I, but I, they don't. I'm. I just love fun non-alcoholic <laughs> beverages. All right. I'm at a restaurant, literally two weekends ago, and it's like just a full bar menu, and I like I'm flipping through, it, and then like at the bottom of their non-alcoholic li- list, they had like a lychee lemon libation, no description. And I was like, I'll have this. And they're like, really? Like, yeah. Did, like did they really say really? Yeah. And then they're like, you're nothing. <laughs> I would be like, can I have that, but put two ounces of gin in that? Yeah, dude. What's wrong with you? I guess I'm just not man enough. Yeah. <laughs> I just like a fun drink. Why you ain't it's got fun, no man. Chest. I take that back. There is a ton of hair on his chest. On one side. Hey, did we ever hear from the breakfast shirts guy after we wore shirts? Was there any like, hey, we did it? Yeah, moment. he said, thank you so much. So shout out to Breakfast Shirts. If you don't know, last week we wore some crazy shirts that were sent in, and I, people loved them. Really? No, I haven't heard anything about it. But, uh, <laughs> no, I think people loved them. I do think people loved them <laughs> I well. choose to believe that they did. I know that people looked at it and laughed. And someone else said, can I send a shirt, since Ethan said he would wear anything. So offer still stands, guys. Offer still stands. It's just gonna be a continuous path of you wearing some shirt every week. That would be really funny. Yeah, I like, think that's kind of how it is now. Like what sick like, freak? He wears a shirt every week. Yeah. <laughs> what sick freak sent me this to wear? You know, like, this is obviously. <laughs> hey, a how joke. about this coffee? All right, go straight to the rankings. Let's do this. Okay. We've sipped on it long enough. We've meandered to and fro long enough is this a is this available on their website like this isn't a sample or anything that is available on their website okay cool obviously we are not mad but the whole two qr codes thing's kind of a bummer yeah it's like it seems like they branded those bags maybe for one coffee yeah or maybe it's just always the most updated coffee because we did get this coffee a few weeks ago maybe so i don't know but point being, I like why don't why is it just this here and it's just always to the specific copy? You know? Yeah. Are we gonna start putting QR codes on our stuff? Dude, we've said it on the program probably four times. Yeah. And we're always in favor of it. I just don't know. Are we gonna put it on the bottom? Yeah. <laughs> just I, don't, an, I just don't want a sticker. It's another step. Box. 
So maybe on our next order. Maybe our next order. We'll add it. Add it. To. To. Our custom boxes. Yeah. Oh, it was 100 grams. Ooh. Where'd the first 40 go, Raleigh? I drank them. Wow, you've been holding out that information. I know. Nothing is black and white. Except for that bag. It does seem Gold. funny that their name is black and white, but nothing is black and white. Aren't they black and white? Am I right? Dude, that's that's gotta that's gotta be a knock in the ratings for me. <laughs> that brain teaser. I've heard a lot of really great things about uh, about the people at Black and White, especially in the uh, the wholesale world. Really, I've heard they're really great wholesale partners. They do a really good job of educating uh, their customers on what their coffees are, keeping everybody updated, and it's a, it's, it's an inspiration. How do they do that? You know, I don't know how they do that. I imagine it's via communication, like a regular, like a regularly wow. scheduled communication type thing. Um, but I've just heard they're outstanding. Mm. This segment is brought to you by Valor Wholesale. Um, <laughs> we are also awesome. I'm kidding, guys. It's cool that other people are doing a good job. That's fine. That's why we're highlighting. Yeah, we all brands. know that. All right, content out of ten. Oh, frig. One, two, three. Three. Frick. Uh, yeah, the two QR code thing makes it hard. It is hard because that's pretty much the only thing on this. Yeah. Does that say what the coffee is, though? Yes. So that's good. I do know which QR code to look at after looking at Which one was it? Which coffee? Felipe Arcila Lactic Natural Cedra. Perfect. Yeah, it's sold out, but it was $25 for 100 grams. Dang. Hubba, 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 hubba. Holy crap. Uh, have we talked about the coffee yet? No. So, this coffee. It was very good. Oh, yeah. Is a Columbia. Dude, that's interesting. Lactic. It's just what you said. Columbia's not on the sticker. Yeah, look at this. I see. You're like. I had to I had to look into do you think, it to figure out where it's Do you it's think from. that's very pointed, like where we don't want you to just think about the origin? Yes. There's more. Yes. There's more. <laughs> Which is a, is a cool, edgy... It's like, it's like we see you. Educational point. Uh, I appreciate it, but... It works yeah. for them. Works I for them. I feel like if we change to that, we would go out of business. Oops. Maybe. There's only one way but to find out. But we're tailoring to such different markets. We're tailoring to different markets. Mostly to people named Taylor. Yeah. Market. Uh, that was funny. Origin, no. okay. Columbia, was funny. producer, Felipe, Arcila, Farm, uh, Process, Lactic Natural, Variety, Cedra, Elevation, 1,900 meters above sea level. So you do recoup some content here, for do, sure. Do. And that is a choice. And anyone who buys this coffee, they're into it. They they're have into a, it. And they have a smartphone. They have a smartphone. Or they and, have a light phone. And mm-hmm. they probably mm-hmm. are like, not buying this on a retail shelf somewhere. You think it's mostly e-commerce? I don't. Yeah. So I think JP stocks these at Metal Arc on his retail shelf. Do you think he's wrong for doing that, Riley? I did not say that, nor do I think Mm. that. We cannot lose that account. Do not say anything. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Hey, dude, does it say what the process is? Were you getting to that? I know that you said it, what it was. I was wondering if you could explain it for the listeners. Like I know it. I know it. Lactic. Natural Cedra is, but uh, they don't. 
Well, in the unique adaptation of anaerobic processing, the coffee <laughs> cherries are exposed to dry anaerobic fermentation for 24 hours before being placed in grain pro bags for an additional 48 hours at elevation. So at temperatures below 22 degrees Celsius. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> During the extended time of fermentation in the grain pro bags, bacteria slowly feeds on the carbohydrates from the still intact mucilage, leading to a higher concentration of lactic acid development, hence the name of the process. So it's not being added, it just is a natural occurrence. It's a byproduct. It's a byproduct of the grain pro fermentation yeah, 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 and elevation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then finally, the cherries are placed in mechanical dryers until 30% moisture content is achieved and then removed to raised beds at the dry mill until optimal pressure, optimal moisture content is achieved. What does cedra mean? That's the variety. I know. I know. It's for the listeners. Yeah, totally. <laughs> And that's that's about it. What about the aesthetic of the bag? Out of ten. Okay. There's a couple things to this. First of all, freaking flex that you have a hundred gram custom bag. Yeah. Uh, they have that custom bag, and they also have custom sample bags that I've seen. That's nice. That are that size as well. But they're is, different. They say something else. The other one says sample. Because this is a sticker. Oh, sorry. This is a sticker, and this is a sticker. Is the sticker... This is a sticker. Indicative of the coffee? Yeah. Because like on their website, there's all those different little... Gradients. 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 Right. Well, I'm sure it is then. That's cool. What do you think this means to someone? To anyone? What does it mean to you? It means that it's going to taste like pineapple, mango, and... Like berry? Berries. Yeah. Pineapple, mango, passion fruit, eucalyptus. Did you... Well, maybe I subconsciously saw it. I don't know. I think you did. Yeah, I think you did, dude. Okay. I need you to post an apology video after this. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Aesthetic out of 10. One, two, three, six. Six. Yeah, that's cool. All right. I do like that it says black label. That's like a cool, that sounds cool. And I like the gradient a lot. It also sends the message that we always have one of these available, but it's like there's a different coffee you know, available on that slot. Yeah. To like UX, I ripped it. It worked. The zipper works. It still looks good too. Post rip five. Wow. A perfect UX. Uh, oh, we, we can't do crunch, dude. Oh, oh my God. Oh my goodness. Because we, we used Riley all the used coffee. It. That means we have to default to five on the crunch. Yeah, that's sure. fair. We kind of bombed them for content. So it's only fair. Flavor. Out of 10. I wish I had more. All right. One, two, three, seven. Seven, seven and eight. Yeah, that's good coffee. Uh, I really, the espresso, when it cooled, it had like this crazy cranberry thing, like a spicy, very ripe cranberry. Mm. It was a very pleasant acid. Mm. It had a similar flavor to the uh, wine and induction coffee that we've had on our menu and also the coffee that we had last week from none other than Maven uh, ro- coffee roasters. Did yeah. you guys agree with that or not? I do agree with that, Ross. All right. Ross, I also do agree with that. Which sometimes makes it like like clarity. is. I feel like that flavor really impedes clarity. You, you, you know what I'm saying? Like a really clear, delicate coffee does not have a whiny taste to yeah. it usually. I 100% So that's agree. why I gave it a 7 and not a 10. Enjoyability. 
One, two, three, eight. 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 A little late, Ross. shy. I couldn't remember if it was eight. out of ten. No, but I, I really <laughs> but enjoyed it. It was out of five, so you give it an eight. What? Yeah, I would make myself another cup of that coffee if we had more. Hypothetically. Like if we did black and white. Five, seven and a half. Is there anything you want to say eight. to the listeners, Ross? 35 and a half. All right. Did we miss something? I feel like we gave it a pretty high score. We missed Crunch, but he gave it a five. He gave it a five. So that might be what you're thinking. Content was three and a half. Yeah. So that, that that brought it down. But Crunch brought it up. UX brought it up. Yep. I mean, 35 yep. is pretty 35.5. I'm sure it hits that upper area that we put a lot of stuff. And then you have like the free throw and free hats and tell you man we gotta look back on all of our we need a scoreboard scoreboard yeah someone said that we should have a scoreboard a la top <clears throat> excuse me top gear I, I don't watch top gear but apparently there's like a leaderboard type of thing nice where they, is that where they drive cars they yeah. drive cars fast <clears throat> and they do slow. a lot of other things probably kind of fast like a, and slow that they probably turn to a like lifestyle sort of show okay yeah I believe it's British, a is British it like show. Stars at all or American Pickers? <laughs> I think I, it's just like American Pickers. <laughs> I think in the sense that it's uh, like on TV and there's you, humans. you watch it, and it might come on History Channel. Yeah, it totally does. Uh, so we need to have a leaderboard, and like Sam needs to bring it in, and that, like that's all he does. Bring in like, the leaderboard. Sam brings in the leaderboard, and he he also is wearing a crazy hat. Every show, yeah, a different. Oh, because on Top Gear, it's the like the racer outfit. I, don't I know. believe, yeah, like I think in wow, every. Dude, I forget what it's called. Whoever commented that about Top Gear, please inform me. But they have this like anonymous character okay. that's always okay. wearing a full body suit and a helmet, like a morph suit. No, so more like a like a racing suit, like a jumpsuit. You follow, yeah. Um, so yeah, we should do that. <laughs> Okay. All right. I think this is stalling out a little bit. I think we bit. should kind of buckle down on Top Gear for the next forty-five. And <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Just what live reaction videos. videos. <laughs> it's been fun, boys. Oh uh, man! As always, like and subscribe. Uh, we need it, you don't guys. have to resubscribe if you're already subscribed. But if you aren't subscribed, and I'll tell you this, we have a lot of listeners that aren't subscribed. But listen, hey, I can see the data. <sighs> That breaks my heart, dude. Yeah. So if you, if you don't heart, want to break man. Ethan's heart, then subscribe don't to our channel. Don't go breaking my heart. Please review our podcast on Spotify and Apple. It helps us bump up in the rankings and helps more people see the program. And lastly, hop on over to our Instagram and share our reels. Lots of you have been doing that. and that's Share the ones of me, though, because I'm tired of Ross being on Reddit. Let me tell you something really quick. So you know how we say program? Yeah. You know who else says program? Uh, Steve Harvey. Pat McAfee show. Oh, no. yes. McAfee. Yes. He does not. They, you know how they have the little scroller on the bottom that yeah. is like news yeah, and stuff? Yeah. It, they spell out like program <sighs> the same way we do. And I feel like they, they're like kind of bigger than us a little bit, like their show. Just yeah. a little bit. So I just don't, I don't know. I, I think we were probably first to say it, yeah. but. Nothing new under the sun, man. If we just go on comparing ourselves and worrying about that, what are you going to do? Check that out. You You're just right. got to be yourself, man. No, stop. Uh, all right. Love you guys. I, I'm I love love, you. I'm in love you with guys. you guys.